0: Hello and welcome to a special edition of the Raw podcast. Over the next few weeks, we'll be speaking to some former Sun players and asking them to pick the games that defined their time on Wayside. First up is Stephen Elliott. Stephen's enthusiasm for the game has always shone through, and here he charts his journey from arriving as a youngster yet to start a senior game through promotions, relegations, injuries and wonder goals. His connection to the club is now lifelong, so who better to start us off by picking my defining games at Sunland. Stephen Elliott's got a shooting chance. Oh, that's terrific! A brilliant goal from Stephen Elliott. Sunderland twice behind and very quickly twice level. Stephen, Elliott. Stephen as you know, we're asking some, some former players to, to pick out just a handful of games that, that summed up their, their, their time at Sunderland and, and explained their memories and, and why, it, why it means so much to them. So, for your first game, you've gone for Gillingham away in the 2004-05 season. So just for a bit of background on this game, obviously you'd signed that summer, the year before Sunderland had just missed out on promotion in the playoffs to Crystal Palace when um, Jeff Whitley had missed a penalty in the shootout. And it'd been quite a tough start to the season, And not it, before this, before this game?
1: Yeah, that's right. I um, obviously came to the club in the summer of that season and... I actually started the first game of the season back in my own time against Coventry away. And that was my first ever start in professional um, football, like senior start. And I think maybe kind of what it was That I don't know. I didn't didn't actually play as well as I would have liked. And I don't know. You you start you kind know, getting questions in your mind, thinking, "Geez, am I am I quite ready for this?" And we obviously end up losing the game. I think uh, it took me off after after an hour or so in that first game. And so in the back of my head that was going on and I would come on after that game I'd come on in a few games, scored a couple of goals, which kinda of took the pressure that were off me, but I still in my mind I think kinda of do it from the start in the game. And it turns out that Gillingham game which I mentioned, I think that was the first game I actually started. Kevin Kyler picked up an injury and Nick gave me the nod again to start the game up front with Marcus Stewart. So I think it was Mick having a look to see if I was able to kinda of do it from the start and for me that was a big moment because in that game he ended up beating Gillingham really comfortably. I think Mark Stewart ended up scoring a hat trick and I won in the game. I I laid on a few goals for him in the game as well and we built a kind of a good connection. And from that point on Mick I think he had a little bit more trust in me. And me and Marcus went on and done really well together for the rest of that season and we obviously went on to win the league with both us scoring quite a few goals between us. So
0: look, looking at the start of that season, you'd won' I think one in six. I think going into that Jillingham game, do you do you remember feeling maybe um, a little bit of a little bit of pressure amongst the group because obviously having haven't finished third. I know you weren't there the year before, but having haven't finished third. People were probably looking expecting you to be right up there, um, and obviously as you mentioned, it was it was a really tricky start. And the thing about this game is, not only do you thump them four nil, you three nil up inside twenty minutes. So it was quite an incredible turnaround.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, well. I think there was a little bit of a pressure, but as everybody knows, the championship is a really long season, so you can never get bogged down too much if you lose a few games, because you know there's always another game on the Saturday or the Tuesday. So you just have to keep the spirits high in the group. And we to, to Mick McCarthy he was really good at doing that, and it was quite a young group as well in the squad at that time, so we socialised a lot together. So re- we never really got too down as a group, and. As I said, once, once we started winning a few games, I think we built up loads of confidence. And we really believed we could get up automatically, which we did, thankfully, in the end.
0: I mean, you mentioned that about being quite a young group's interest, because I've just got a list up here of the players that Mick signed that summer. And it does really sum up what you're saying. So you've got, obviously, yourself coming in, a big move for you at that stage in your career. Dean Whitehead from Oxford's, Liam Lawrence coming in from Mansfield Town. Danny Collins, a little bit after this game, comes in from Chester. Like this is a big step up for a lot of you lads and, you know, exciting and obviously probably a little bit daunting as well, I imagine.
1: Yeah, I think it was. And I think in a way it kind of helped us, like you mentioned in the question previously about that we never in the pressure? I think because a lot of us were so young and maybe not as experienced in the game as maybe some senior pros, we didn't really let, we were kind of a little bit raw, we didn't let the seats kind of affect us maybe as much as what we probably would would have done later on in our careers and that was probably a good thing. So we just... We were all we were all just going out and playing football for, for for a huge club like Sullivan. so we were just delighted to kind of to be to be given the honour to do that. And as I said, once we started getting the wins together, you know it's like you win one or two games, and you start feeling that little bit of a invincibility about you. And I think it was a good balance in the squad as well, as, as you mentioned the young lads there that that make it brought you in. There was a few senior lads that really helped us along the way. I know I mentioned Marcus Stewart earlier on. He 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 was a really good help for me personally, but also. The other lads in the group too. He was a, he was a kind of great figure figurehead to have up at the top of the pitch. And obviously we had Gary Green there. Obviously Thomas Thomas Moira was there as well. He came in and played a lot of games. And these are lads that have been around and they really helped kind of keep keep kind of when things were going well. Keep us keep us a feet firmly stuck to the ground. And obviously again when things got tough, we kind of helped it through them situations as well, which weren't regular weren't that regular. Thankfully in that season because we managed to win more than than we lost.
0: I mean, you you mentioned Marcus there. I've just got the list of top scorers from that season. He scored seventeen, and you got sixteen, which is obviously massive to have two players if you're going for promotion scoring regularly. Chris Brown chipped in with some massive goals. I remember that season as well. But how 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 big an influence for Marcus Stewart was was for you was he? Because I mean, he was a really good centre forward, really underrated, I think. Yeah. And obviously, he had a big pedigree right, in definitely. terms of what he'd done at Ipswich and what have you.
1: Yeah, and I think, like you mentioned, both we, we, we scored goals, but the goals scored, scored all through the team. Lawrence scored quite a few goals as well, If I remember. Um, Chris Brown, like you mentioned, popped up with some important goals, but Marcus Stewart, for me, he was, he was great because he was obviously a similar kind of player to myself, kind of similar size, and he taught me so much about how to kind of use my body against these kind of more senior players that I was coming up against rather than when I used to be playing in the youth team reserve games, and it was really it was a big learning curve for me playing alongside, and i have a lot to be grateful for for Mark Stewart for for uh, everything he done for me that season.
0: How, how did that partnership work? Because as you mentioned, you were quite kind of similar players, so maybe you know to on paper not not the most natural foil, but I mean your, your record that season kind of speaks for itself. You you both had a fantastic campaign.
1: Yeah, Marcus just Marcus wasn't the quickest of players. I think back then I was probably a little bit quicker than Marcus, so I'd probably done a little bit more of the kind of channel running and and um, kind of the just, I said the donkey work so to speak. But Marcus was not like his fair share of work as well. Not only was he good footballer, he was a grappler as well. He didn't give any didn't didn't give the defenders much kind of time and space to kinda of, pick passes as well. And this is all for me kinda of, in my fourth professional season to be placed playing along somebody so so closely, like I was with Marcus, it was brilliant for me. So, because there's certain games I look at and think, geez, I wouldn't have done that. And then I started doing that because obviously I've seen how much of how well it was working out for Marcus was doing it. But um, I, was, it was, I really enjoyed playing with Marcus. Obviously, it was at this point for Kevin Kyle who picked up the injury because I think Mick had kind of gone into that season with Kevin Kyle and see Marcus Stewart as his, his first choice pair. And we're obviously myself coming in maybe to kind of eventually. Go from alongside Kyla but now obviously Kyler's season ended prematurely, and me and Marcus, I don't know, we just we just really hit her off. We got on quite well off the pitch as well. I know there was a big age gap between us as well, but Marcus was a bit of a, a, bit of a kid at times, and around the dressing room, didn't mind joining in with the young lads as well. So he was a as a, he was a great character around the the group as well as being a really top top footballer.
0: So you, as you mentioned this, as we kind of talked about, this game really does kickstart the season. You go on and win three after that. So your second game that you've picked obviously comes at the end of this season, um, away at West Ham United, April two thousand and five. and um, this was the day when, when you won the title. Um and if I if I recall correctly, you come off the bench, um you 1-0 down at half time, Julio levels of scores, you come on and, and, and score late on, and obviously this is a day where Away from home at a huge club at West Ham, you go on and, and steal the title, which, in, you know, in kind of in your first senior season, as you mentioned, which must have just been the most unbelievable feeling.
1: Yeah, that's that's I, I talked about this goal quite a lot. Like, it's for me, it was just a huge moment for me. Like, like you mentioned, my first season of professional football was scoring a, a few goals, and obviously, just before that game, I kind of not started many games building up to that. Mick had gone with Chris Brown for a few of the games beforehand, so for me, to be able to come off the bench. And kind of sealed the title with that goal. I don't know. just—it just—I don't know. There was something special about that. When I seen that ball hit the net, I just knew. I knew that was going because we knew we'd be won the league. We won that game. Like you heard, it was we're gonna be champions. And when I seen that ball hit the net, I just—I don't know. It was a big moment for me, and it's something that. I always remember now, and I look back. I think I scored a goal that actually—I know we'd already been promoted—but scored a goal that actually got us to trophy. And I think winning trophies is, is, is a really nice thing as a footballer, especially when you when you finish playing, which I have done myself. It's nice to look back on on trophy wins.
0: I mean, you mentioned before about how what a graft of Mark Stewart was, and I think thinking even more broadly of the team, I remember kind of that time, and and that, I think that was one of the things that you really stood out as a team. You were obviously mixed a mix of kind of manager who puts. A lot of demands on you in terms of your work rate, and if we just go through the team that day, you know Stephen Wright, Gary Breen, Stephen Caldwell, uh, Liam Lawrence, Dean Whitehead, Carl Robinson, yourself, Chris Brown. The what really kind of marks that team out is the work rate and the kind of the 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 work ethic was was really there. That seemed to kind of define you as a team in that time. Yeah,
1: definitely, and I think like if you look like you mentioned, I don't think we have any real world beaters in the in the team maybe Julio you could
0: Julio had that class didn't he? he
1: yeah Yeah, he had a little bit more he had a little bit more maybe quality on the ball and, and stuff than the rest of the sport one thing was I think everybody every man has a like that's what we enjoyed working hard like I was kind of so that's for me it's the minimum you can do as a footballer like we all have a different abilities we're all we're all good at certain things not so good at other things but you can't really you don't need an ability to work hard and that's one thing we all had and I think we all enjoyed like we all enjoy it, kind of getting in people's faces and making it difficult for our opponents. And if you do that, then you're always got half a chance in a game. And as I said, the quality we did that, we did that. We had a little bit more quality maybe than what they think. But we as a group, we really believed we were going to do that from like early on in the season when we went on that run. And I remember I used to sit beside Steve Caldwell on the on the bus on um, away trips, and we used to speak after games. And, yeah, I'm gonna win, I and mean, we kind of the more the games with would almost start thinking, "Oh, we're gonna win the league here. We're gonna win the league." And I was just kind of you kind of get on that little buzz, but it was it was kind of one of them after the after the last game when we actually did win the league. Obviously, we're on the way back from West Ham, and and, and you thinking, you know, think we're gonna win. We've actually gone, and it was a little bit like, "There you go. We said it all along. We don't really believe it until you see and I just think it was it was a really good time, as I said that season for me personally coming into that squad of players and we kind of grew up together and, and was, it was a really enjoyable season. Probably one of my favourite ones, if I am honest, looking back
0: on my career. I remember after the game and I, and I actually dug the quotes out. Um, Mick was you know in in his the way that he could be. He was actually quite spiky in terms of he says. I keep reading that we're not the best team in the division, but there we go. You know we are now and and kind of forever forever will be in history is. As players, were you kind of aware of that perception, or do you think that was just more kind of the manager?
1: Um, I think I think Mick is known as kind of a not the most stylish of managers. I think he's one of them. Like you either love him or you hate him. A bit like Marmite, sorry, a bit like Marmite. But every one of the lads, we all, we all really Mick had something that we all wanted to find a run through brick walls. And like you mentioned there, even the likes some of the the kind of fringe players that season, the likes of Danny Collins, Neil Collins. Like they were new to kind of playing football at that level as well. They came in and, and played a part. We had to obviously at times everyone made mistakes, but it's kind of how you reacted to them. And Mick made if you made a mistake, Mick didn't absolutely annihilate you. Look, don't, don't get me wrong; he'd give you a, give you a rollicking when, yeah. when you needed it, but he still made you believe in yourself. And that was that was something that he got all the way through this. But even the likes of like Andy Welch, who kind of played here and there, and that's it. There was lots kind of fringe players that all really felt part of things and that that's all down to the manager and the and his staff and I, I can only kind of me myself know that I'm meant to coach and you look and kind of, you look on di- different bits and pieces from certain managers you work with and that's one thing I will say about Mickey: always made, he always makes people feel
0: part of things and that for me is a huge thing as a manager. So we'll go on to your, your third year now which obviously comes in the next season which you scored quite a few. Memorable, memorable goals. But I think this one has to be right up there. So this, of course, is the, the game of St James's Park in the in the following season. It it finished three two in an unbelievable game. So I think if I remember rightly, all the goals come in the second half. So Shola Ameobi scores twice. You and Liam Lawrence score two unbelievable goals. Emery then scores a free kick, and then if I remember right, you hit the bar with about seconds to go. It was a it was an unbelievable game.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think we actually I think it was I think it was, I think it was, I think it was the the fourth half. I think four I think, four, I think four goals the four goals getting the fourth half. So I'm sure my go for the 4 half. But, but anyway, MA scored the winner second half. But yeah, that goal for me obviously it's probably one of the like technically if you look at it I I, I, I was looking to score quite some decent goals or some like long long distance efforts and, and stuff like that. But that goal obviously sticks out for me because, obviously the game itself being the being the kind of Time we're derby over, over uh, at Newcastle, and to be able to kind of score a goal of kind of that quality and the intensity of that game, a lot, a lot of uh, Sunderland fans almost want to come and goal that the we always want to speak about that goal, even though, like you mentioned, we lost the game, and I probably was inches away from getting an equaliser in the last couple of minutes. But yeah, I just picked that game because it's a special game. Obviously, it's a heavy game but to be able to score on any derby. is a good team, but in that derby, and and then, flash the goal came, will just kind of.
0: Stay in, stay in your mind. I mean, obviously, you know, I was looking at the at the teams here, and it's kind of worth remembering as well that Newcastle had a had a really good side in this era. You know, they were still kind of kicking about, kind of Champions League here as well. Sheryu was still playing for them, and it, you know, it was it was, it must have been quite a tough one to swallow at the end of that game because you had you know you had matched them, and and like you say, you there was that moment where you you chip giving and kind of it felt like time stood still just before it dropped onto the bar. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well was. And obviously, like you mentioned, we had a really, really strong kind of squad team at that stage. And we need to score that goal against Shay, given somebody who I rate really, really highly, like probably yeah. the best goalkeeper I ever played with. During when I did play with him in the in the national team, was the top so to be able to beat a goal goalkeeper that quality, obviously got after to the to the respect for the goal felt. But again, again, that goal after that goal, I kind of not long after that, I was actually playing with an injury during that game, believe it or not, I carried the knock and I end up missing the best part of that season not long after that, that, that game. So that was probably the kind of highest it got in that season for me from a personal point of view and obviously everybody knows what happened the rest of that season. But no, I still look back at that game with my fond memories because it's, it's a moment that, anybody, that nobody can take away from me and it's, it's always a nice thing to have.
0: And you were still, I mean, it's funny as well because we mentioned about, you know, this like that season before, being on your first, so to go to like Saint James's Park in a in a derby of that intensity. That must have been fairly kind of new for you as an experience. Yeah, well, again, like it
1: just for me, it was just another football game, like on the pitch, once you're on the pitch. I think the week the week beforehand, I think I scored a goal against Man United, who were arguably the best team in the league as well at that that time, with the likes of Ronaldo, Rooney, Van Nistelrooy on the pitch. So kind of when you're doing it, you don't really tend to think about like, oh, who you're up against. You just go out and play the game. And I was in the national team at that stage as well. So not that I was like, like as you said, it all happened really quick to me. It's only now when I look back, I, think I was only 21 or wherever age I was. It, 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 it's kind of a lot to be happening for a young age. But again, it's it's just one of them things. Just go out and play. But as I said, I, I, I'm lucky enough during my time at Sunderland to score many, 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 many a good goals. But that one probably technical wise kind of was up there.
0: That, that Man United one was an unbelievable strike as well, if I remember. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too dissimilar,
1: but obviously I wasn't in the derby, so I don't remember that on Yeah. Although I didn't really like Man United growing up a Liverpool fan, so that was a little bit special for
0: me personally. Is that uh, right? That was, that was, it again, you know, it, it's funny because I, kind of what you're saying in terms of you don't really notice these things around you, but I mean, that Man United team is ridiculous. Van der Sar, Scholes, Rooney, Van Nistelrooy, Ronaldo... PK came off the bench. <laughs> just,
1: I think Rio, Rio, was Rio was playing. Yeah, Rio was yeah. playing as well. So, I mean what you know, I mean, listen, you knew you were knew, <laughs> playing against Man United playing proper like, as I said, they, it was just you had to be literally bang out for every second of the game. That was a difference I think, um, between the championship, and the Premier League. You had to kinda of, when the championship you could maybe switch off for a few minutes and it wouldn't be catastrophic, but when you're up in the Premier League against the players like you mentioned they punish it, and I think that's what happened over the course of that season. Unfortunately for myself, I missed missed a good chunk of that season. I'm not saying it would have made a huge difference, but I think I think it was a bit of a loss to the team because I was in a bit of form before I picked up the injury, and I might have helped pick up a few more points. I was was probably picked up over the course of that season.
0: I mean, it was that must have been a strange season for you because obviously it was tough times around the place. I mean, it's a funny one because I don't think it felt like some of the relegations we've had recently because I think there was fans, I'm not saying people were happy about it, of course they weren't, but I think because you were such an honest group and you rarely kind of, the team rarely lost kind of heavily in that year, if that makes sense?
1: No, we, ne- no, we never got hammered. I think I spoke about this before with We never really got hammered in a game. The lads, we were always in games but unfortunately we just didn't have that quality like our, our experience needed to compete to where we needed to be and again, when you're losing games regularly, it's hard, and it's very difficult to kind the of lift the group. But again, it's it's one of them It's a learning curve for everybody, and that, that's what we do when, when situations arise like that.
0: What what was what was Mick like during that time? Because that, that's kind of in a it lot. Of, was, it was a tough time for to the manager, he, I guess. But
1: yeah, he wasn't great. He obviously, hands were a little bit with regard to the, uh, the transfer budget. Uh, before that season starts but I do remember him when I was trying to get back fit he, was, he used to give me a bit of stick saying what's wrong with you not that he was questioning whether I was injured but I think he was just kind of annoyed him so much that I wasn't able to be help him out on the pitch because yeah. I, I just wasn't physically able to play and that was a little bit frustrating for me it got me down a little bit of I'm on that season but again there's nothing you can really do if you're not physically able to go onto the pitch and I did, did actually fracture me back that, that season so I had to let kind of I had to let the kind of back heel, otherwise I would have probably done long-term damage. And When I eventually did get back playing, I think Nick was sacked a day or the game after, and then I actually picked up an ankle injury two games after I got back from my back injury, which ended up missing the whole season. So, well, for me, it was a really, bar the, bar the kind of few goals I scored at the start of the season, and the buzz of that was a really disappointing season for myself personally. <clears throat>
0: And and being so being so young, that'll have been a new experience for you as well in terms of kind of serious injuries and so, something completely new to deal with.
1: Yeah, it was. But I would actually had a similar injury when I was in the youth team, not the, the, the not the exact same injury, but something similar when I was in the youth team. So I had that little bit of kind of long term injury before that, but it wasn't it was nothing like when you're part of a four team group and you're you're buying for places in the Premier League. It wasn't like that. I was. The, but again, you, you just have to kind of dig deep and dig your heels in and get the rehab going, which I tried my best to do. But again, when I did get back, probably came back a little bit earlier than probably what I should have, obviously because the results weren't going well, and then I ended up getting getting an ankle uh, injury as well, which needed needed surgery on. So yeah, I don't, I got goals that that season. I don't really like, like thinking about doing much. If I'm honest. So.
0: Well, in in that case, we'll we'll move on to your fourth and final game, which comes about midway through, maybe slightly beyond the, the next season. So obviously this is a season where it starts with, with now Quinn in charge. He's he's replaced by by Roy King. And the game you've picked comes in January. So this is Sheffield Wednesday away. So you won this game 4-2, the team. If we just go through Darren Ward, Dean Whitehead, Johnny Evans, Niron, Danny Collins, Carlos Edwards, Dwight York, Liam Miller, Tobias Hussain, yourself and David Connolly. And if I remember right, you go, th- you go through... Ni- Three 0 up, and it comes back to three two before you, before you get the winner in the end. What what is it about this game that makes it stand out for you?
1: Yeah, I, I, to be honest with you, it was, it was just for me. I kind of I think my whole Sunderland career kind of I look back at this game as it, it was probably my real the last game of my Sunderland career, so to speak, that I really played in because. Up until that point, like um, Ryan came in, obviously he got a bad start that season. Everybody remembers the poor start. Obviously Roy came in, made a few signings, and we started getting on a roll. And for a stage in that season, I was actually playing right wing a lot, and I I was part of the team, and we were winning the majority of the games. that I was playing, and then I really felt part. I managed to score goals near the kind of start of the season, but kind of obviously Roy had his kind of squad rotation going on. But that game against Sheffield Wednesday, I think I started that game. And I think I played quite well in the game. I played in the right wing, and like you mentioned, we we took a we took a big lead, and then we nearly let, let the let the lead slip. And I think we, I think Carlos scored late on to kind of make a 4-2. But it's not even the result of the game for me. It was that game. Like after that game, I woke up on the Sunday with severe pain in me no. ankle, which I not had surgery on, and I went to see a specialist through the week, and it turned out I had a I needed another operation. So. Again, I ended up missing the majority of the rest of that season. I know I came back later on this season, made a couple of substitute appearances here and there. But them, that was the last time I played to the start or some? I know well, I actually played the start later on. I think I played that game. But that was the last game where I actually played. and I really felt good, and I think that, that game I never really of career never really got going again. So that's why I mentioned that game, although. He won the game. It was a great atmosphere, a lot of Sunderland fans. singing. I think the the Kino song was invented in that game as well. The Hey Jude one, but
0: six thousand, I think it was.
1: Yeah, and actually, my, my, one of my best friends in the in football played in the game with Sheffield Wednesday, Glenn Whelan. So I remember speaking to him after the game, and then just after that, again, like I said, I never really, I never really got to run it, run it things with the with the, the operation and that. And then I ended up leaving at the end of that season. So I picked that game for that reason, as it was the last time I really felt. Like that, I made a contribution in a, in a Sunderland um, Sunderland top, so it's kind of bittersweet for me a little bit. But again, we finished off that season on a high. Although I, I missed the majority of the season after that game, I still
0: felt that I played part with with, with with the kind of performances I put in before my injury. Yeah, I mean, I was just about to ask you that because that must have been quite a strange one. Were you still able to kind of enjoy what was happening at the time, even though obviously for you you were in a lot of pain, and and I'm sure you have been unbelievably frustrated to miss it, to be missing out. Were you still able to kind of take in what was happening at that time with Roy and what have you? Yeah,
1: you were. Listen, yeah, you were. You were part of the squad, and you wanted the team to go up because obviously at that stage I'd kind of become a Sunderland fan as well as a player. Like my wife, I'd met my wife at this stage, and all whole family were big Sunderland fans. So you you want the team to do well from that point of view, anyway. But obviously it was a little bit disappointing picking up the injury as it always is in football. But no, I, I was I still felt part of it as I said. You want, the thing to you want to take the win. You wanna, you wanna have another. You wanna lift that focus again at the end of the season, whether you're, you're playing or not. I, as I said, I felt that I played a big part up onto onto that, until after that Sheffield Wednesday game. So, no, I, 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 I said I was delighted that we managed to go up, and it was a, it was a great, it was a great feeling around the club. I had a lot of friends that signed for the club as well, like the likes of Lee Miller, got, got resting, so, soul, Graham Cavenaugh and more. was Wallace is a good friend of mine. Um, We had a really good kind of friendship group off the pitch as well that season, like a new friendship group compared to what we would have had during the forced promotion season. So, other than being injured, yeah, I still, of course, wanted to win. It was was another trophy. And now it was great to see the club get promoted back to the Premier League. But for me, the Shetter went against the last time where I really felt part, part of kind of what was happening at the club.
0: Do you, like do you, on the pitch. Yeah, do you do you have any memories of Roy from this game? Because when I was reading his post-match quotes, you wouldn't think he just won four two at home. He was pretty pretty oh, yeah. scathing about the performance.
1: Yeah, Roy was always like that. He's like you could lose a game and Roy wouldn't say anything, and you'd win a game and he'd probably go even crazier at some of the last. But that, I think that was Roy's way of trying to keep people on their toes. So even times when players would score a goal in a game and 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 then they wouldn't be in the squad the following um in the following matchday squad, so Roy had, he, had his way. He knew the management himself, and wherever he did walk that season, and I know he was backed by being able to bring in some quality players. But no, it was it was a it was a great season. It was a great time for Sunderland fans as well. If I remember correctly, that the city was bouncing and going to the matches. On oh albeit I missed a lot towards the end of the season with injury, was still a great buzz, and that that was definitely down to Roy.
0: That the the transformation kind of to the previous season, like you know i like I say, it was absolutely unbelievable. It, it, as players, were you kind of conscious of that? Because it, it was an incredible time, really. I mean, at the start of the season, you've got Quinny, who's cha- chairman slash manager, which I think he's probably much the only person in history we've done that in football. And and then and then Keaneau comes in. I mean, especially for you as, a, as, a, as an Irish lad, I don't know you didn't think much of Man United, but it must have still been quite a big deal when Roy Keane comes in. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was huge. I played with Roy, kind of briefly, in the national team as well, before he became manager, so... Have somebody like him come in, you're obviously going to look to him and try and learn. From him. But again, he had some of the things he did was a little bit like kind of you'd be taking a at. but he got the job done that season. And if if you look up to where the club was there, or to where where we are now at the club, you, you probably if you asked any Sunderland fan, would you would you take that back? You'd probably snap snap uh, they'd probably snap your hands off. But ultimately, that's that's why football is all about kind of moments and occasions, especially for, for, for teams like Sunderland, obviously you have like the Man United, Liverpool, and Arsenal stuff kind of go and win trophies and Chelsea, make met regularly for a certain period, but like for Sunderland, you don't have that, and to have, be part of like a couple of, for me personally, be part of two occasions that were really, really kind of, really big for the club at the time, I'm, I'm very proud and privileged yeah, to be part of
0: it. I mean, just looking at the, kind of, I was reading the report for this game last night and kind of jogging my memory and one of the players getting a lot of kind of praise was, was, was Dwight York who was another one which just kind of summed up what an incredible time it was when you had players like that of his stature and experience coming to the club and that was one of his better days that night as well.
1: Yeah, um, as I said, Dwight York was, it was a great player, a great character as well, like you say, he won all the Premier League and um, trophies, Champions League final, he's been part of the, the, the Cole-York combination, another excellent player, I but. Yeah, he's a huge character and you have to learn from these guys. Something like you said there, young know, squad player, albeit in that few years i picked up a fair bit of experience. But I was still young, so you're still learning off these guys. You have to be around them and learn from them. And as I said, the club was just it was, it was a big attraction. I think Roy kind of changed the change for, a, for a bit. I think it changed what Come to Sunderland was because obviously he attracted players himself. I think, but the fact that he was Roy Kane...
0: That's amazing, mate. Thank you very much for that. Um, I just want to finish, just to like kind of round it off, mate. Just about asking you a little bit to kind of sum up. I know it's easier said than done, but just how you reflect now, look, looking back on your time at Sunderland, because like you say, it was you kind of had that privilege of. There were some tough times, but you were part of kind of some of the club's best, probably moments of the century, really, which must be something you're really proud of looking back on.
1: Yeah. Of course. Career in general, I look back you now. I've stopped playing, and I was very lucky that to, obviously the to, to way I was part of a League One kind of title success with Norwich, Obviously, I was only long for like just under half a season. I remember when the Scottish Cup were hearts, which was huge as well. But like you say, to be part of Sunderland and then two promotions and, and be able to, to have some really special moments in the Sunderland top, it's 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 I'm just very grateful and I, I genuinely know what it means to all the supporters up and around the area, I live in the area now and it's it's just very privileged and as I said, notice young kids growing up and around the North East, and they probably they probably looked at achieve just kind of one of those moments that I was looking up to achieve. So for that I'm grateful and I, yeah, I'm just am just happy to be part of the system.